My name is James Gleason, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church here in Hillsboro, Oregon. Now, Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. And our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so every weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please take a moment to visit our website at www.isunrise.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you. And you can learn how to grow with others along the journey of life. You can learn to develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost. And finally, you can learn how to lead others to know Jesus Christ on this journey of disciples making disciples. And so now I invite you to follow along with our weekend message as you discover the heartbeat of God. Hallelujah. I know, I know, you know, in America, when you say hallelujah, do people say amen? Well, y'all be a little bit African today. Let's say hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, he deserves the glory. Amen. The Bible says that, uh, you know, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess (laughs) that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. We are living today because of what he has done. Amen. And we're just here. No, I'm, I'm from, uh, I, I was going to preach in Texas one day and I have a great friend of mine called Dave Manson. And uh, I was starting to preach and he, he looks, he looks into, he just got closer to me and I was getting on the pulpit and he says, Amy. And I say, yes, sir. And he said, don't curse. <laughs> And something I said to myself, I say, so, well, I preached, but I really was bothered. So then I said, so did you really think I was going to cuss? No, and he says, no, that's just a Texas joke, because in Texas, that's how we roll. (laughs) And so I've been telling about many stories about my Texas experience, just being on a roller coaster. And, you know, I was so terrified to death. And I was on the roller coaster, and as I was swinging up and down, and I remember just Psalms 39, 30, 23, in a four came to mind, and I was saying, Though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. But it's the most terrifying thing in the world. And I, I don't know how you'll live anyways, but uh, <laughs> this country is just amazing. And uh, so amazing stuff, and so crazy stuff. So, you know, but uh, God is good anyways, and he's given us the joy to be here today. And David said, it was great when they told me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And I'm so happy to be here. This is home. And if you don't know, I consider myself your brother and sister. And you know what? I love you, and you don't have a choice to say no. (laughs) Because, see, the reason is, when we reach in heaven, we will be together forever. We may be different in terms of, you know, skin and, you know, where I'm from. I'm from an, I'm an African dude and I'm, I'm happy that, you know, God chose me to be African and you are American. But, you know, despite of our differences, look at our differences. The species and the trees and the things that you see, but they're all great. 
and all creation just shows the greatness of our God and how, how majestic and creative he is. But see, sometimes the enemy corrupts us and we just look at it. We look at differences and we start to, you know, it divides us. But come on, we're supposed to be united as a body of Christ. Our unity comes from the fact that we're the children of the Most High God. And, you know, yo, I mean, we, we are the, we're the chosen one of the Lord. Amen. And we share one identity. We've been forgiven. Christ lives inside of us. His spirit is in us. And we are his chosen ones. Come on. And I giggle when I talk about him because I had an identity crisis. But when I found him, he gave me a new name. He guaranteed that I was forgiven and, and promised that he would. He promised when he was going to heaven. He says, I go to prepare you a place. And as I preach here after this and as I continue to live life, I'm a aware of the fact that even death is not final but it's a see you later you know why because of what Christ alone has done on the cross of Calvary I want to thank Pastor James, Pastor Jay always comes and travels to Africa I, I, I uh, you know, I, 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 I'm a, one of the students of Africa College of Theology, you know, in, which is really in Rwanda. I know everybody, I know, well, if you don't know Rwanda, really, we're just a, a country that has survived the atrocities of life. Just in 30 days, just a country that lost a million people. Do you know what really that means? It leaves a lot of pain through people. Even, even, even up to now, I think that we, we think we've forgiven one another, but just recovering is just a process because something like that, it just goes on to generations. I have an auntie who was really greatly affected during genocide. And, you know, and, and right now, he was greatly affected during genocide. And, and right now, she's on her deathbed. But her children, and because of that effect, well, I won't be specific to say what it is, but... You know, uh, because of that, and right now she's on her deathbed, and her children are going to be to have to live life knowing that their child, their mother is dying because of the effects of this civil war that happened in 30 days, and people were exterminated from the face of the earth. And you know, y'all, we're all black. So sometimes I think that, you know, don't, don't laugh. I'm just trying to make a point. Sometimes, sometimes we look at our differences and we say, you know, this is white and this is black. Come on. This is just a, it's just a life from the pit of hell. Because what strengthens, what unites us is greater than what should divide us, yo. <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. What unites us is greater than what should divide us at all. Because we are the children of the Most High God. And you know, we have an identity as children of the Most High God. That's why I come to Oregon and I preach and I'm not scared to stand before y'all. Because I know that I am a male man and I'm delivering the message that Jesus has given to me to deliver to the body of Christ and the saints of Jesus Christ on this Sunday. That you all know that God loves you greatly. Amen. I'm just excited sometimes I have to, to tell myself to be calm. But anyway, that's, that's me. But uh, so, I, I, uh, so I was a part of a class that uh, James, you know, uh, taught, teaches every year in ACT. I remember the time he, he really taught. He, he, left us, he, he left with us a manuscript. When I see this manuscript, you know, of notes that were compiled from a lot of travels that he made to Israel and a lot of documents that he really put together, the pictures, it was a very well-researched work. 
when that, from that time when he taught about the Gospels, I just dived into them to learn about them on my own. And man, it was life transforming. Just seeing God's character displayed through every, you know, displayed in every, you know, in every text of scripture. And just being able to see, gleaning God, what God is really working through the Bible. And for the first time, I had really the privilege to honor men who have given their lives to the studying of God's word. And letting us, you know, leverage, have the opportunity. And, you know, and they're generous enough to be travel to our countries to come and teach men who have been in ministry for a long time who didn't even, who are not having a training. And they come and teach us how to be better servant leaders. And I know it's possible because of your generosity that you always give him to us to come and share the blessing of having him and the impact that he has on the body of Christ and specifically Africa as a continent. Because he travels not only to Rwanda but to Africa and the whole continent. He travels to Burundi to train leaders. And you know, somebody said a statement and said, when a church ceases to be missional, it really ceases to be church because we exist to we exist to partner with God in what he's doing in the world the apostle Paul says that that you know the apostle Paul says we partner with Christ in the work of reconciling the world to himself I really want you I want to thank you for what for that for having him come over to our to, to be able to do the training in the same time in the class that I was in at, at Africa College of Theology, there were two pastors who, are, who were being sponsored by Sunrise Church. These are men who have dedicated their lives to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I mean, when I say, I, I know I understand what, you know, ministering to a holistic person, when I say that in America, it makes sense. Because here, when somebody has something, a problem, they send him to a counselor because people know how a person works. And now we're dealing with people who have really gone through the atrocities of life like genocide. People who, are, who, 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 who trusted and their trust was broken. People who had, who, who witnessed their, their people die. I have a cousin who witnessed his, all his parents being cut to pieces. And as she was going to be the next, she just took off. But every anniversary of the genocide, she gets traumatized. Those are issues that the pastors in our, our nation are dealing with, you know, just giving them the hope of Jesus Christ. And I know when I say that, people say, here in America especially, people say, you know, how do, what, do you, what do you even tell a person who has gone through atrocities of life? But I promise, from my own experience, and I say this without any, without a reason, any reasonable doubt, that I have seen God faithful and true to his word, which he says, which he says in his word, that is closer to the broken hearted. I've lived longer to see to be in a nation like Rwanda, which has had a, a very big number of orphans. And I've seen God raise ministries like Africa, like Africa New Life, which, is, which, which this church sunrise partner with. And orphans are being able to be given hope and they are even being given, you know, given identity. Some of you guys go there and they are like, like, your, they are like your children. If he was gems, maybe the, the, the child that they adopted, they even gave him their, their identity. If you ask him, he would say, man, uh, my name is uh, maybe, you know, Amy Gleason or gems. Because you know why? They feel it's great to be given an identity. And some of you guys have given your identity to those children that have grown in, in a very, you know, uh, 
tough times. And you've given them not only, you've not been only generous with your finances to help them overcome their, their situations, but you've even give them, given them your identity. You love them and you pray for them and you wish them well. And from that, from that stance, I want to say thank you, Sunrise, for what you do. For what you do, for partnering with what God is doing in Rwanda as a nation and Africa as a nation. And what you do, I hope that they all know that we appreciate you and that the Lord bless you. And that's what we wish for you. Thank you very much. Uh, we've been talking about, uh, you know, we've been talking about, uh, you know, uh, the generosity this weekend and God's generosity. And from my personal perspective, I think that God has been generous with us by giving us himself. Amen. When you talk about generosity in the Bible, you know, I don't know if there is any other generous thing than us having Christ. Because when you read the book of, when you, when you, read, when you read Romans 3.23, what does the Bible say? The Bible says we were what? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But because of God's love, if you read, if you read John 3.16, what does the scripture say? Is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever I love that word whosoever so now because I go because now I do I study Greek now I'm, I'm a little better in my grammar so when I come to a word like whosoever I really want to know I really want to know what, what, what how does it affect the entire you know statement what is, what is the emphasis here I mean when the Bible says whosoever it simply means it does not matter what, what where they are who they are, what they have done, but whosoever believes in him. Come on, man. It does not matter what you've done, where you're from, and what you do. But the Bible is so clear about that. That whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Come on. Uh, So when the Bible really says whosoever, it includes me and you and you and you and you. Well, me, I come from Rwanda, but I have a little bit of a Texan accent. (laughs) But even among the whosoever, I also belong there. When you read through the book of Ephesians, what does the Bible say? We were dead in our trespasses, but God gave us a new name, a new identity. Now we have the newness of life. That's the, God's generosity towards us, and we cannot pay for anything like that. Soon we will be in the Easter. And what really Easter means? We're celebrating the ultimate sacrifice ever be, ever given to mankind. When Christ was hanged on the cross and he was hanging there, it was not a show. It was not a show of a guy who could just give his life and shed blood for the, for the sins of the world. But it was coming out of love because the Bible says he loves us. We, we love him because he first loved me and you. We are just responding to what he has done. And come on, guys. He did it. I promise. If you if you have any doubt, if the atheist has made you feel like this guy is not alive, I want you to go to Israel and see the tomb from where he laid for three days, and he rose again, and is not now is seated in the right hand of the Father, and we have 
Come on, man. We have the right deal. We have him. And the Bible says he's seated in the right hand of the Father. And he says that I'm going to prepare a place where I go so that you can come and find me. Think about the generosity of that kind. If somebody told you to give your child right now, you know, <laughs> I don't know what you can say. You say, oh my, you're so weird. How do you even say that? Don't even think about that again. But man, God's love for us. Behold the Father's love for us. Harvest beyond the You know, God's love for us and for humanity. I remember when I was growing up and this was the view of God that I had about God. And my view of him was this disciplinarian guy. Because see, yo, sometimes I think we don't really understand the effect of prosperity gospel preachers. Sometimes when people are saying, you know, if you give this much, God is going to bless you. And sometimes I think that we are, we are prone to think that God's love for us and his generosity is based on what we can be able to give. But let me tell you, friends, we don't give anything to earn his love. The Bible says he loves us because we, do, we love him because he first loves us. When you see the Bible, it's just a love story that talks about God's, God's love towards the nation of Israel. Even in their sinfulness, he continues to show them his, his character and his nature. And he's just calling the church to understand his love. When you read Isaiah 118, he says, come on, let's reason together. It does not matter how much your sin are. I'm just willing to wash your sin and give you a new identity. I'm simply here that you may be saved. Whom the Son says, free. He will be free indeed. And that's the reason we're here. We're not the the, the body of Jesus Christ. We're we're not people to be pitied. We're not just here to say, you know, for for the world to say and they say, where is their hope? No. We are the people that hold hope for the world. And I'm simply standing here to say that Jesus is the hope for the world today. Well, you know, I understand men, people will have philosophy and they will say, what do you really mean? But man, I've been there, just in countries that have been affected by woe, just going to do ministry in the orphan, in, in, you know, in a place where there's, a, where there's, there's refugees and they're there and they've lost everything, they've lost everything, they've lost part of their families, but you see them in church just playing and you'll be amazed the joy that transcends human understanding and you can see the evidence of God's spirit in their lives. You can see them shout and rejoice and rejoice. It's not because their situation has been changed, but it's because the one who says that I will be with you to the end of ages. It's because of the one who says in Psalms that if you go through the battle of the shadow of death, I'll be with you. He's been true to his word. I am an eyewitness and I'm here to say that Jesus Christ is alive. I promise I'm here to say that he is alive. The one who died and rose again, who is seated in the right in the right hand of the Father, is still there. And we're looking forward to go spend eternity with him. And I can't even wait to be there when he says, come home, faithful servant. And that's why the church... We're just not here to say, you know, African African ministry, or African African ministry, you know, I, 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 
act African, you know, African theo- you know, courage of theology is not, it's not, it's not a body that is so there, which is supposed to be pitied. No, it's the work that was started by God. And God is faithful to use men and women who are saying to the pastors who are so willing to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, who will see what God is doing in the nation. And they will say, I want to partner with that pastor so he can go to Burundi, go to Rwanda, go to where? Elevate the name of Jesus Christ higher. Raise the identity of Jesus Christ higher. So tribalistic differences will stop from happening. From that we will love one another. Not because of anything. But because of what Christ has done for us. If you're in Africa and you give that, that kind of a clap to... Like, like, a, like a, a local leader, he would not accept that. But you know, and you know, I'm just a mailman. The main man is Jesus Christ. I'm just delivering the message of Jesus Christ. And I don't need a clap, I promise. But let's give him a shout of praise. And let's just clap it for him. Do it for him. Hallelujah. 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 I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I'm simply... I am simply a mailman, a, a sinner saved by grace, who God has taught to love him, to love him and serve him. That's who I am. But the main guy is Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. I just want us to go to the, I just want to sh- us to see, you know, to read God's word in Exodus 34, 3 to 7. And I want us to see God's generosity, which really comes from his character towards us. Chip Ingram makes a statement and says, God's goodness is what makes him treat us the way we don't deserve. If God treated us how we deserve, I promise, we would be in trouble. But he would meet a murderer who has been sentenced to jail and to death. And he would give him a new name, a new identity, and he would count them. He would tell them that you've been forgiven. And who the sun sets free, he would be free indeed. Talk to me when I lost my identity. When we were growing up, I mean, we're Tutsi. So when genocide happened, it was against the Tutsi, Tutsi culture. I remember just growing up and, you know, I was like an endangered species. I had to change my name. I had a bigger name. But I, I had to hide my, my name, which is my identity, really, to be able to survive. I had a name called Reza Mihigo. But when I went to register, somebody says, what is this name? And I say, well, I can make it short. So that I have peace. Some of us had to change our names and just call our names in, for, in countries which we had gone as refugees to be able to be accepted. And I find a guy, a man of Calvary, who just says, come on, son, I love you. And I don't, it's not because of what you've done, but what because of what I've done on the cross. When you read John, the Bible says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. That you may bear fruit and fruit that will endure. You know, when you read the book of Hosea, it's a love letter between God and the nation of Israel. He, you know, he continues to show faithfulness, even a minister, even a minister and faithfulness. Fullness of the nation of Israel. 
I want us to read this, this word. Read with me. The Bible says, you know, from ch- chapter, chapter 6, verse 7, the Bible says, Then the Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed. This was when Moses said to the Lord, Moses was praying and he said, God, show me your glory. And the Bible says that then the Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression and sin. Yet he will by no means leave the guilt unpunished, visiting the iniquity of fathers and children and the children to the third and fourth generation. When you read the book of Joel chapter 2 verses 13, the Bible says, so render your heart and not your garment. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and of great kindness and he relates from doing harm. When you see when God sends, when God sends Jonah to go to the nation of Nineveh to go proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and he turned and went in Tarshish and because you know we cannot escape God. And he brings him anyway. And he brings him to go do what he pre-called him to go do. But the Bible says it displeased Jonah exceedingly and and he became angry. Did you know that God uses imperfect people? How in the world would this guy be angry that God has forgiven the nation? How in the world would this guy? He does not have the audacity because it's God who created the, the people. We are just the work of his hands. When you read Genesis, simply the Bible says that we exist because God breathed in our nostrils and we became a living being. We came from him and so shall we return. I think sometimes we forget. Especially when you live in America, you know, I was telling a friend of mine and I say, America and Africa have no different worries. I meet people here in America and they say, man, I have got to go to the gym. And I say, what are you going to go to the gym? And I have to keep in shape because, man, I, I'm really getting out of hand. I say, okay. Well, when I was growing up, my worry was not going to the gym. It was how do I get food? <laughs> I promise. And the generosity upon this nation is amazing. But you know, <clears throat> then, but the Bible says... You know, what I'm, I'm trying to say is that even God uses imperfect people like Jonah. The Bible says it displeased him that God had given, had forgiven this, this city. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Was not this what I said when I, when I was still in the country? Therefore I, I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God. And knew that you are slow to anger and you are abounding in loving kindness. And you are the one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Look at the sinfulness of this dude. He says, I want to die because I can't see these people prosper. Come on. Look at God's grace for you. And God is just simply having grace on them because He's given you grace that you even don't deserve. The Bible says because of our sin we were supposed to die. But God just did it all. He paid the penalty for my sin. And I stand righteousness. And another thing is the righteousness that I now own is not of my own. It has been imputed to me by God. Now I stand right before God, not because of what I have done, but because of what Christ did on the cross. Think about God's love for me and you. 
Think about his generosity, his love for you. I, I call him a God of second chances. I would simply say that he's, he's a God who is so generous by giving us second chances. Because the Bible says, it says to the nation of Israel, and says, come on, let's reason together. We are in this together. It says, I don't care how much you sin, Al. I don't care how you're falling off the tree. I don't care how you feel about the situation. But I want to forgive you and give you a new, brand new start. Think about that. Look at, look at, the, look at, look at the word in Luke chapter 15 about the prodigal son. Verses 11 through to 32. The Bible talks of his wrong decisions that he made. It looks like he was from a rich family because the Bible says that he was given a part of his estate. In my definition, I wouldn't say that I would really have a part of my inheritance would include an estate because my father doesn't really have an estate. Maybe I would have a cow or something, but not an estate. But it looks for me, he could have been in America, you know, because at least from my understanding, he seems to have been coming from a family, from a well-to-do family, a family that is a little wealthy. But man, he just <clears throat> makes wrong decisions. The Bible says he went and spent part of his inheritance just doing wrong decisions. But I want you to see the Father's love for him and me, which is really the Father's love for me and you. Because this is just a metaphor that really talks about God's love for me and you. And you know, what the Bible says when he, he comes back to his mind and he says that I know about my Father. I'm going to go. I know that I don't deserve to be his son, but I'm simply going to go to him. I don't care whether he accepts me. As long as he gives me just to be somebody who works for him but when the father knows that the son is coming home the bible says he opens up his eyes hands and he's just welcoming the son and the bible says he throws the party and he says my son was lost but now he is found even his elder brother didn't like it because he says you've never done this for me daddy you will be amazed how God cares about the lost friends. I love Pastor James's heart for the lost. When he came, he was talking about the things that they do in this community. Come on, that's God's heart. That's God's heart for the nation. God's love for us transcends our barriers and our borders and our colors. And uh, he says, come to me, everybody who is lost, that I may give you peace and rest, and that you may find the newness of life. And you know, I've seen him do away to much he gives comfort more than anybody Amen. that I know I've been, I've been in America so long and you know man there are very many accoutrements of life in this nation very comfortable life but man I promise the satisfaction that we get from him it's not comparable from the one that we we can ever get from a Porsche driving from dri well I have a bicycle I don't have a car but you know even then the comfort that I get from my bike or something it's not the same satisfaction that he alone can give come on he's the one he's closer to the broken hearted to give them peace and the new dawn of hope the Bible he looks at the children of Israel when they were in captivity and they say I 
alone know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to, not to harm you. That I may give you a future and a hope. Well, that's not a promise for us, but it even teaches us about, it teaches about us about his character. There is a promise keeping God and he knows everything. He's sovereign over every creation. He turned, he is able to even turn you new. It is able to turn, to turn your situation around for his good. He's sovereign over every creation. I told this story today that when I was growing up and I was growing up as a kid, we were living in a village and there was no electricity. But there's something that, I, that used to be amazing. Every time we go in the darkest of the night, you go and look up in the sky and you would see the stars that you could not even be able to number. And man, I would sometimes when the moon showed up, you would see the moon light and there would be light everywhere. Recently when I was in Dallas, there was this, what they call the eclipse. It was passing by. My man, Americans have technology and they had binoculars and they say, come on, Emmy, let's go see what is really happening. And we, I was able to put my eyes in this binocular and I was seeing up there. Immediately, Psalms 19 crossed my mind. The heavens declares the glory of the Lord and the expanse declares the work of his hands. And my man, I can be able to say, you know, I, before I went to the seminary and, you know, and, and act and be able to study the word, I didn't really used to, to really, you know, look at creation the way I look at creation today. When I went home, so I... It's not a safari really, but I, I just, we took a car and we went to see giraffe. And then we, we took a ride on the top of the water and you could see the snakes, you could see the lizard, you could see, you could see up there in the mountains, man. And you could see how gorgeous these giraffes look and how tall they are and how, how fierce the animals are like a, like a lion, how, how big an elephant is. And, and man, the name, you know, every creation declares the glory of the Lord. And you can look at all the species of the trees and of the flowers and anything. And what do they show to us? The architect and the nature of the, of the powerful God who is up, seated up in the sky. And the Bible says he, he's the CEO. You know, I mean, well, it's not what the Bible says, but I think that he's the CEO of creation. <laughs> I have to be careful. I don't want to lie. Because I'm a mailman, so I have to be sure that I say what he says in his word. Hallelujah. Oh, creation declares the glory of the Lord. I know I preach, I know I preach, I preach in a weird way compared to America, you know. But also this shows us diversity. It shows us diversity of the people that have, God has created and gifted differently. I wish I could just, you know, preach in a calm way sometimes. But sometimes I think about him and he's so much that, that the only way I can express is just using of hands and maybe jumping if I can or do something, you know, crazy. But man, it's the great deal. We serve a powerful, mighty, wonderful God. Amen. Sometimes we see what is happening right now around the world. We see woes. You hear stories of people, you know, what has happened in Puerto Rico and, and you know, the, the nation. We, we seem to be going wrong. You know, life is just happening. It's tough. You just go to church and the shooter come and takes lives. And we, you wonder, what do we do? But there is a God. The one who comforts the brokenhearted. And the one who says, hope is what I give. 
was memorizing scriptures about our eternal hope and our, our eternal hope in God. And the, the same time in January, my mom passed away. And I remember just being on her, just there and having this hope that no man can even describe. And I'm able to see, to look at my mom's, my mom there. And I say, come on, mom, it's not final. I'm going to see you later because of what Christ has done. He's purchased a place for me. I'm going to spend eternity with you. And I, I promise it's not, it's not easy to live without her because I miss her. But I don't miss her like a person who does not hope, who does not have any hope. But I know that when, my, when, when I pass on to eternity, I'll have the honor to stay with her forever. Amen. That's what makes me want to preach the gospel to, the, to my neighbor who does not know the Lord. That's why I go to the restaurant and after giving a tip, I want to tell the waiter that Jesus loves you. I want to be able to go to someone and it does not, does not matter what they believe. And tell them that Jesus loves you and he has a plan for you. I don't know. I don't, I don't care what you will say. Maybe you will say, well, I don't know what was wrong with this dude. That's your own way of thinking and that's your reasoning and that's okay. And sometimes I, I was talking really to an atheist and he told me, you know, I said, how did you come, how did you come to existence? And he said, we're through Big Bang Theory. So explain that. I just evolved. Man. I've already seen the doctor about how a person comes into existence. It doesn't really seem like there's that thing of Big Bang Theory that he just evolves. The fact that you can see how human life comes into existence, come on. It's just a miracle that God only can do. Because you know, we can look alike on the skin, but there's something different about me and you. We're all uniquely created by the architect of the universe, by God the creator, the sovereign God, for just a unique reason. And right now, I can do what you may not be able to do, but you can also do what I, can, I may not be able to do. And you know, I'm going to love you and respect you, and I'm going to support you to do what the Lord has called you to do, because I know God has gifted us for the glory of His name. And you know, just seeing us here, just saying, oh, creation. Oh, the heavens declares the glory of the Lord. And the expanse talks about the works of his hand. And I'm able to see you see me here, you know. And I am the work of his hands. And so are you. Amen. Let me tell you guys. I visit America. You know, there's great stuff to wonder about America. Sometimes I'm, you know, I, 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 let me tell you something. I went to see the game, the cowboy game. My man, it's so scary. You know, sometimes, you know, you would see like people like, you know, you know, in this nation, I really laugh like that they, they honor, they honor, you know, veterans. You would see them come up from the sky and their dogs and they are coming down and everybody is saluting, thank you, sir, for your service. And, and sometimes it would, it would just roar. And I'm like, I hope this is not rapture. <laughs> And can I tell you something? I think America is able to fake rupture. I promise. <laughs> it is able to fake rupture. Because you know, they can bring the planes and all of a sudden they evacuate people. And you say, oh, Jesus has come. <laughs> but let me tell you when I see the greatness of your nation, what I think. I go to my knees and say, how majestic is your name. Because it teaches me the work of his creation. It, 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 I get to know how majestic he is that he gifts people with wisdom, abilities that I personally don't have. And you know, I respect this nation greatly. 
I'll be among the people that say, Oh, God bless America because God has used this nation in a great way. But I hope that America will not reach an extent of saying that it's us who have done it. I hope that you will not look this as, you know, I hope it will not be like, you know, if we don't do this, they can't do it. No. He owns the car on the southern hills. Everything we have and we will ever have, it's him that has been. I tell people, don't ever lose the reverence. And I don't want to lose the reverence of his grace for me. I don't want to lose the reverence of the fact that he saved me. There are agents of mine that are there doing things that I've not, you know, that God has called me to preach the gospel. And I'm like, Paul says that I love the Lord, you know. I thank the Lord, my God, who counted me faithful and called me to the preaching of the word. I know he's gifted you in a great way that is not gifted me. If I could do something more for the God's kingdom, I would do it with joy. I would shout with praise. I would do it with passion because he has given me a life to live, to glorify the name of the Lord and tell the world that Jesus Christ is Lord, that through him we're able to give the gift of eternal life, that through him the nations are saved, through him there is reconciliation, through him there is peace that surpasses human understanding. When you come to Rwanda, it's a testament of seeing tribes that have killed one another. But because of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, they still come together in one table. Forgiveness is available there. Forgiveness and people are living together in oneness. Why? Because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Whenever I read the Lord's Prayer, there is always a phrase. That talks to me so much. The Bible says, forgive our trespasses just like we forgive those who trespass against us. Think about that verse. I promise when somebody wrongs me, the real me wants to retaliate. But whenever I think about the cost of God's forgiveness for me, I realize that I don't have any option but to forgive and love. Do you know why I do that? It's not because they deserve it. But I'm doing it for what God did for me. For the fact that he gave me, forgave me when I didn't deserve. I'm not telling you anything. You know, that's exactly what it is. The fact that we have confidence in him. In him we live and move and have our being. I know there are people seated here today who may say, God is mad at me. You don't even know the rate of my guilt and my shame. I know what you're talking about. But what the Bible talks about him here, what the Bible talks about him here, the Bible says, the Bible says, you know, that the Lord passed by in front of him and says, the Lord, the Lord God is full of compassion and is gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. But verses 7 remind us that also he is a judge. He judges our sin. When we let iniquity continue and sin become part of us, time reaches and judgment has to happen. What does that really mean to us? To deal with sin and its root in our lives. Live a Christian life in a community. When you struggle, find people that are going to hold you accountable. Let them pray for you, love on you, and about, you know, about sin. Just hate sin because we serve a holy God. What else? In his loving kindness and mercies. Understand that you are unstoppable before God. You can come anytime. Because, because you know. You can come anytime. Because he's saying come to me. You who are lost and for. You come to me. You who are lost. For I will forgive you of your sin. 
Hallelujah. Are we supposed to end at uh, 11? I'm sorry, I'm already, I'm already three. I, I, I hope you all don't get out. But I, I'm finishing this. I don't want to give a joy. I want to give an opportunity to somebody. Let me tell you, friends, the greatest miracle of humankind is Jesus Christ, to receive him as your Lord. That's one of the greatest miracles. It's better than the funds that you can ever have. If you're seated here in this room and you want him to be the Lord and the Savior of your life, just pray to receive him. Pray to receive him. I'm sure, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Even death is not final to see you later. Because the Bible says, to those who received him, he gave them the right to be called the children of God. And the Bible again continues to say in First, first John 5, verses 11, the Bible says, He who has the Son has life. And he who has no Son does not have life. If you're here today and you say, I need this guy. I need him to save me. I need him. I need to respond to his love by asking him to come into my life. Just raise your hand. We will pray with you. And if you're not comfortable to raise your hand, we can pray with you later. Just come. If you see one of, one of us, you know, I know this, this church has a pastor team that is very effective. Just come to them. We're happy to introduce you to this Savior. And he will be yours forever. Hallelujah. As I close, I want, I, want to, I want to draw in you the picture of the body of Christ around the world. The fact that we're seated here, and really Greek explains it by using, when the Bible, when the Bible talks about church in a Greek word, it uses the word ecclesia, which is the gathering of God's people. Today is Sunday, but people from China, some of them have even, have even gathered in, in halls because, you know, there's no right and, and liberty to pray. But they're there calling on the name of Jesus Christ. Go to Africa. People talk of different names. You know, in Swahili, we call him Mungu. In Kinyarwanda, we call him Imana. In Uganda, they call him Katonda. In, but all those names come to the one word. Fails, who is God. Amen. When you go everywhere around the world and you find saints and those who believe in the name of Jesus Christ, they raise the flag high and say, how majestic is his name. It's not, it's not limited to North America, guys. He's just the king of the universe and the king of the world. And our involvement to the world, into the world and what we do and what the, this church is doing. It's what God, you know, when we cease to be missional, we cease to be the church because we exist to partner with him. See where he's working and be a part of what he's doing. I thank you for being a part of what African New Life is doing. Thank you for partnering with Pastor James to come mentor and teach the men who will be leaders in our countries. Thank you for doing that. But as I close, I want you to just bow your head and let's pray for the nation today. <clears throat> that as the gospel is being preached all over the world, that the flag of Jesus Christ will be raised high. <clears throat> Father, we want to say we honor you today. We love you and we just thank you for your presence in our midst, Lord. We just love how you love us. 
you know, we, we can't even describe the love that you have for the human heart. We just pray, Father, for the church to continue to thrive in Jesus' name. I pray a blessing upon this church, Lord, that has obeyed your voice to be a part of what you're doing around the world. Prosper them, Lord. Let your grace continue to be upon them, Lord. Let your mercies enable them. Some of them maybe have needs, Lord. Meet them in Jesus' name and let your name continue to be glorified. That the world will know that we are called by the name of Jesus. Help us, Father, those who are struggling in their own Christian life, Lord. I pray that your spirit will come down upon them, Lord. Empower them to live, to live life that is so victorious of sin in Jesus' name. That they will appreciate what you did on the cross. And that your only name that is above every name will be glorified and exalted for now and forever. In Jesus' name.